Mages are expected to promote the goals of their orders, which often means opposing the goals of, the, of other orders. The machinations of mystical societies might come as a shock to, to those expecting sedate scholarly brotherhood. And yet, the sheer conniving nature of awakened politics is an obvious expression of the basic currency in which mages trade power. The caucus. A caucus is a meeting in which the, the separate members of an order from a particular region gather to discuss issues of importance. Members are often spread across different cabals, so getting them together on a regular basis is not easy. Caucuses rarely occur more than once a month sometimes not even with the order's full local membership. The highest ranking representative of the order usually calls for a caucus, although sometimes it's merely the mages who is most active or involved in achieving the society's ideas. The meeting place is, the meeting place is typically a well-guarded sanctum owned by the leading sorcerer or someone who has who volunteers to use to use his place. It could be a rented club, a small apartment, a secluded grove, or even a chapter house, specifically maintained for that purpose. In the last case, one or more members are wealthy enough to afford maintaining a permanent location where members are expected to tithe to help with the costs. Such donations are the exception rather than the rule. However, since most mages have their own individual or, or cabal-owned sanctums to maintain and don't see the need for another investment that is used in once in a while. Topics or raised at a caucus depend entirely on local context. For some orders, it may be a strategy meeting about how to gain more power, such as tactics for gaining the favor of one or more counselors, or how to lobby for their own seat on the ruling council. For other orders, it may simply be a party or even a rote training workshop. For all of them, at one time or another, caucuses serves as places to trade favors among order members. The Pentacle. The loose affiliation of the Atlantean orders and the free council is sometimes called the Pentacle especially when referring to concili in which all five orders participate. Some mages believe there is magical power and strength in an alliance in fi of five orders. 
before it mirrors the five-pointed Atlantean Pentagon. Other scoff claiming that the age-old alliance of the four orders with true claim that no alliance should ever be enshrined with a title, lest it becomes magically binding on all parties, hindering the freedom of the individual orders. The Adamantine Arrow There are weapons that bring death and weapons that grant life. The Adamantine Arrow embraces both. Every order practices essential occult defense techniques, but the arrow goes further, internalizing the metaphor of war. It is the order's political stance and occult proxies. For some, it is hard. Ascetic path. For some, it's a hard ascetic path that burns away cowardice and encourages action over contemplation. Others see the order as the perfect platform to lead the awakened secret battles. Cell ring services to the highest bidder or even seizing the misness away from the weak. Above all, the adamantine arrow acts the adamantine arrow acts members are not given to purposeless cloistering navel gazing meditation or weak pacifism they know the awakened are in the midst of an esoteric war and bring a strong hand to bear for the right side. Instead, it champions with the common virtues of warriors from many cultures. An arrow might insist that these virtues are the spiritual radiance of the order's legacy after the exile. A torch burning to guide soldiers of all ages away from petty violence to the common ethnic of ethic of justice. If this is true, though, it poses a contradiction, for the order carries within it the capacity for atrocity. Rule by Janta and a thirst for violent, self-justifying power. Like the occult art of war, this flaw can manifest in endless varieties, making it hard to detect and check. Adamantine Arrow recognizes the essential problem, but is not always sure whether, to to whether a particular action upholds its ideas or sins. Warriorship is never its own virtue. Only righteous service gives an arrow's life meaning. Arrogance led to the fall, and the fall led to the exile. Atlantis fragmented, and the adamantine arrow guarded the shards. 
The Arrow has always claimed to be above politics, devoted to the pure duty of defending the secrets of magic from its defilers. Now, however, doubt and opposition rack the old orders. Every time an arrow mage chooses a side, she shapes the political arena. It's a little wonder that such mages often grow impatient with mere guardianship and strive to seize power for themselves. An arrow is a warrior first, but this isn't as narrow a calling as many suspect. For every frontline fighter who rends the horrors of the abyss with bare hands and soul, there's strategists, strategists who sees and manipulates the secret struggling patterns of the world, economic, ecological, and more esoteric conflicts are studied mastered and beaten into any shape an arrow desires. Mages see reality as a many-layered thing full of signs and movements invisible to the uninitiated. The awakened art of war follows these patterns using a thousand techniques in adamantine arrow is assured of its roots in Atlantis, but it does not claim any particular historical event as it heirs as its heirs to Atlantis to Atlantis. Its mages defend Demishes, but sank sanctums and cabals as long as they are legitimate and guard evil things that cannot or because of some cruel fate must not but banish from the world. When arrows assume power they claim to follow their ethos and spirit. Sometimes a threat arises that requires martial leadership. Sometimes an arrow changes are morally or mystically weak. And she feels the best way to uphold her oath is to take command. But while the Admantine ad arrow is respected, it cannot guarantee that it's members are virtuous souls. Power, not prudence, motivates many members to take up the mantle of rule. The adamantine arrow attracts a large number of young mages, impulsive, confident men and women who believe their arcana automatically confer, confer martial wisdom. These partitioners are quickly disabused of such notions. An arrow trains to endure much and lives simply. Arrow 
mentors dangle the secrets of battle magic before their eyes, only to deny teaching until a student has humbled himself with hard work, ascetic discipline, or a torturous quest. Some masters are incredibly harsh and leave prodigy, yeah, pro, pro, prodigies with physical and no, with physical and psych, psychic scars. Some never graduate beyond the petitioning stage, but in most cases, mentor, mentors, mentors are loath to let one of the awakened waste her life. Thus, teachers create warrior diplomats who can handle etiquette and bloody combat with equal confidence. The worst teachers turn out emotionally stunted guardians whose awkward tacit taciturn nature might be mistaken for quiet wisdom and some candidates don't need to be tempered these are the natural tacticians and athletes that arrow elders seek to train and importantly reign in before they can endanger others a cell is connected to a greater colony of tissue, like a machine. Without true understanding, life is more than suffering. It is a continual test of will, and doesn't give these young mages a choice in the matter. While they learn battle creativity in this scheme, even the exarchs have their place. They separated the supernal from the fallen and created the ultimate test. Even though the error whores lost Atlantis, Atlantis, the sundered cosmos gives it the opportunity to test itself beyond spells easily enough and can fit their mind to a strategy with fluid ease. They need to be taught honor, discretion, and a sense of responsibility for the rest of the awakened. The order mourns when it fails to indoctrinate these initiates. It brings shame to kill them. Their names are not spoken again. Old mages tend to join the order in response to a crisis or out of a sense of outrage. The arrow gives them the tools to avenge themselves or to right a wrong. Ideally, the order only accepts vengeance seekers who can learn to broaden themselves or to right a wrong. Ideally, the order only accepts vengeance seekers who can learn to broaden themselves or to no who can broaden their perspective and see that all of the awakened deserves help. There 
No, the adamantine arrow practices what is called the brilliant road or the adamant way. The Atlantean name had no precise translation and meant both unyielding wisdom and light of thunder. The adamant way is divided into five precepts. The hand, the human hand, creates, communicates, and destroys. It is always meeting, negotiating with the vanquishing and external world and is one of the primary gates of the sense of touch according, accordingly. Its five fingers represents the ideal ways for the warrior to conduct herself in the fallen world.